are now listening to What's up, War Report family? We are back for another weekly podcast with my guy, Auburn Memes, and our resident, for the first time, I'm bringing in our resident gambler, Brandy McLean, or Brandy Mac on Twitter. Check her out. Guys, how you doing this evening? Doing great. Doing well. Memes, you, you, you donated some hair today. Like, you did a thing today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I um, love <clears throat> that I show my face often, and this is a podcast, so just everybody use their imagination what I would look like with 13 inches less hair, but there are some children somewhere who will be rocking my rocking my hair to make a wig, whether it was cancer, <laughs> alopecia, anxiety, so uh, yeah, we, we made something made something happen, and I'm, I'm like a new person, it's it's incredible feeling, so I appreciate you uh yeah, really noticing the the new me. Like, yo, for my listeners out here, or I shouldn't say my listeners, Mike's listeners. I, I, I'm glowing. Like you see it on the camera. I'm a new person, and I'm I'm ready for this episode. Well, um, it sounds like you gave up your hair for a good cause, which is always an awesome thing. Uh, you know what? Uh, t- today I want to open up talking about. We're gonna actually not open up. We're gonna talk about one thing today. Uh, it has been said on social media spaces, parroted by nine. Auburn people, uh, and some Auburn people. The question today that we're going to address is, was this season a disappointment for Auburn basketball? So I want to set the stage here for the discussion. Auburn started the season, picked fifth to win the SEC. Bruce Pearl took a bunch of guys from the portal and Jabari Smith and ran them to number one in the land. And at that point, expectations started to rise. Uh, people started thinking national championship. We were talking about potential overall one seed and the NCAA tournament. And then the SEC schedule started to take its toll. Um, it was kind of a rocky end to the season. Disappointment in the SEC tournament getting put out by Texas A&M and then ultimately exiting the NCAA tournament in the second round versus Miami, uh, which was their biggest defeat of the year in terms of margin of victory. So, um, you know, let, let, let's maybe start here. Um, and I'm going to start with Brandy uh, as our resident newcomer. Uh, I mean, you de- Brandy, you deal with odds a lot and you deal with gambling. You know, when this season started, you know, if you were a betting person, how likely was it that Auburn was going to win the SEC regular season title? Yeah, so it was unlikely, I would say. We weren't the favorite by media outlets or by Vegas. So if you were to look at who was the favorite by media outlets, they would have said Alabama. But Mm. by Vegas' odds, it was Kentucky. So at the beginning of the season, you could have placed a wager on Kentucky at 4-1, to which is plus 400. If you were to put $100 on Kentucky and they were to win the regular season, you would have won $400. If you look at Auburn, by media and by Vegas' standards, we were fifth in the SEC to win the regular season. And the odds then were plus 1,200 or 12 to 1. So if you were to place a $100 wager on Auburn to win the regular season SEC, you'd come out with $1,200. It's a big difference if you were to bet on the favorite as opposed to betting on the team that was projected to finish fifth. So Mm. I think it's pretty impressive that Auburn was able to win the regular season SEC, um, not just by what happened on the court, but even just from a betting perspective, 
anyone who was willing to take a risk on that came out um, on in the green and on the right side. Well, let's let's stick here for a second because you're talking media. You said something interesting. You're talking media expectations versus what Vegas thinks is going to happen. Now, um, you know, memes. You can jump in here on this. Uh, let's forget about the media for a second because we all know the media very rarely gets it right. <laughs> Uh, if I were a betting man, you probably uh, get the lowest odds betting that they would get it wrong because they always get it wrong. Uh, but in terms of what Vegas thought was going to happen, I thought I think it's interesting what you said. Um, you know, it was not very likely. You're getting twelve to one odds on Auburn. Um, what guys? What do you think goes into that twelve to one expectation? Right. Like, you know, if you're looking, they looked at Alabama and thought this is an SEC favorite. They looked at Kentucky and thought the same thing, too. But then they looked at Auburn and said, this is a middle of the pack team and they're not very likely to win the tournament. Like, what was it about this team preseason that made them 12 to one? Yeah, I think one of the big things that Vegas looks at is the season prior. So you can look at how he finished this season before, and a lot of times that's what drives future odds for the next season. And so looking at the season that happened before, obviously we weren't able to go to the NCAA tournament, but we didn't necessarily have a stellar season the season before. And so Vegas kind of took that and ran with that narrative. And then when it comes to Alabama, there was a lot of hype around a five-star that they had coming in. Mm. Um, and there wasn't necessarily the same preseason hype around a lot of our players that there were at Kentucky and Alabama. Mm, memes. Talk about it. Preseason expectations, man. Like, you know, where were you at on this team preseason versus where you ended up? Well, <clears throat> I think we uh, need to look back at a fall, a fall buzzword we've had lately for a team that was just referenced. And I think, Mike, you've said it a time or two. Bums. 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 <laughs> okay. So, team we were just referencing bombs might we add but yeah i'm gonna go a little more a galaxy brain conspiracy theorist on this stuff so like i really appreciate the chemistry and the bounce back that brandy has like actually stating like facts and like math and numbers and like tangible facts very yeah i'm about to go over here like you know full-on aliens mode but <laughs> that that's the beauty of why mike brought on someone who's actually intelligent <laughs> to really help me just uh he's talking about brandy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah not me not me yeah no so i can go derailed and you know she can bring me back but the idea that i sort of think especially with the alabama deal is there's a lot of the storyline with that the whole alabama's back the the dynasty expands to other sports the best football basketball coach combo like all these other things and you can't admit it. You can't improve. You can't really prove it. But like, it is hard pressed for me to believe just from all of the just immediate way premature hype that the media didn't want that narrative for Alabama so bad. Facts. Like they wanted that yeah. so bad, and it was just like, well, we want the narrative. We want some of that TV money that the that that the football brings into basketball and. We will speak this into existence to make it happen. So I think there's a little bit of that that was going on from there. And then with Auburn, Bruce Pearl's very polarized with how people in the media feel about him. 
I'm sure Pat Forty has some opinions that he keeps to himself often, JK. And there are some others. So what Auburn fandom has really done has just been a reaction from this sort of kind of spit down mentality that's been had from the media and just this constant phase of doubt. And there was this massive bewilderment and just fascination, which is how crazy this Auburn fan base got, especially in the peaking of it all in January with the memes and the replies and just this Twitter mob and social media presence, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of that really, I mean, the big thing that started that just from a really national notice was once the NCAA bans had been lifted and there was really no tether holding Auburn fandom back from the world. So that is almost a reaction from just the really opposite problem that Alabama has with the media of just like, we're going to just kind of pat Auburn down they're middle of the pack. They're never going to get it. If they do, it's just a flash in a pan. And it was this, we're in your face. No, we're not. Like, this is not how it's going to be. We're going to take every moment and relish it and just laugh at anybody else who doubted us for a second, sink or swim. So that is, I guess you could say, the comparison of the story between those two programs. And then, like I said, I mean, Kentucky's just Kentucky. They always will be up there. That's also another cash cow in the SEC. So I think there's a lot of this sort of manufacturing as to why the hype was at certain directions and there was a little bit of doubt in the other. Just from a, you know, Brady kind of <clears throat> put into the factual standpoints, I'm getting some more of the kind of delving into the gray area of that. Well, I mean, is that disrespectful though? I mean, Brady, give me, help me out here. So uh, part of the equation that you're saying for Vegas is how did this team do the prior season. Um, and I'm looking at Kentucky's schedule from the prior year, and there are, I mean, it's L City. There are yeah. L's everywhere. Yeah, and well, that's part of why Alabama was projected to by Vegas was because, one, they, f- they, f- they did win the regular season SEC last year. Um, they did go mm-hmm. far in the tournament, but you have to also remember last year was probably the biggest outlier in sports that we'll ever have when because COVID was going on. Yeah, so so there was no fans there. Last year, Auburn didn't even finish above 500, but Memes even said it himself, like, Kentucky's a cash cow. You're always going to have Kentucky being favored in basketball by Vegas almost all the time. You very rarely will see a season that's predicting Kentucky to finish below top three by Vegas odds, even if the media has them finishing out of the top five. That's kind of just... That's just how Vegas works, and it's kind of similar to Alabama in football. They may have a down year, and they may not finish in the top of the SEC, but Vegas is always going to favor those programs that historically, at least recently, have had success. Well, I, okay, so that's very, something important for our listeners to note, right? Vegas odds are not always based on who is actually favored to win. Like, I tried explaining now— Stop me yeah. if I'm wrong, Brandy. Like, I, I'm by no means a gambling expert. I, I, I love my blackjack, but when it comes to sports betting, <laughs> not I'm not great. Um, but, you know, I had a guy who explained the Vegas lines to me this w- way one time. He said, you know, um, the lines, you see the lines move. You know, uh, they, they start at one point, you know, so many weeks before the game. And as the game gets closer, the lines start moving. 
but they're designed to get even betting on both sides of the line so yeah. that the casino can you know break even on the bets and then make their money on the 20% commission essentially that they're taking on every bet right so uh if it gets too heavy to one side you'll see the lines move to try to get people to bet the other side and even out the odds for the casino um but you know it, it just shocks me with a team like Kentucky that if you look at what they did last year and i know that i know you said that was an outlier you know, to be favored to win this season, I just, I just, I don't know. I think that there's some, there, I think there's some unfair bias in there. And then you look at Auburn, and they, they, they completely yeah. disrespected what Bruce Pearl has been building, yeah, for the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. There's, like I said, with Kentucky, a team, a program that has built up to what they have been. They're always going to be favored by Vegas. Um, I think going back to what you said about how the lines don't necessarily reflect the team that's more expected to win. So a good example of this actually recently um, in the Elite Eight, Villanova, the two seed and against Houston, the five seed, Vegas actually had Houston as the favorite. Mm. So Houston was favored to win that game by two and a half points. But Villanova ended up winning it. They were underdogs per Vegas odds. But if you're just a normal, casual watcher of sports and basketball, you'd see a two seed in the tournament playing a five seed and think that Villanova was favored. They won. They were supposed to win. Right. Um, so that happens a lot in Vegas. Um, it, it just depends. And so the Houston-Villanova game, that was a lot of recency bias towards Houston. So that's kind of what you saw preseason with Alabama. It was a lot of recency bias from the season that they had before. And then just media, it's just something that Alabama does. They just pump stuff into the media and that does mm. affect Vegas. Um, same thing with Kentucky and when it comes to basketball. Mm. Well, you know, for your casual watcher of sports, you know, I, th- I think you said something important there. Like if you're a casual watcher, all you see is a two versus a five and you would have had no clue that Houston was was favored, you know, versus Villanova. Um, and it would have shocked a lot of people to see that um, that they were. Now, we know how that game turned out. <laughs> um, yep. But, you know, coming full circle back here to uh, Auburn, was this season a disappointment for Auburn? You know, well, guys, where I, from where I stand, I don't know, based on 12 to 1 expectations before the season, that anybody could reasonably say where this team finished and all the things that they accomplished was a disappointment. Now, now I think that the ending was disappointing, but I don't think that the, 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 the year was a waste. I don't think this was a wasted season for Auburn. I, they, they achieved the number, first number one ranking in school history. You won the SEC when you were picked to finish fifth. Um, and I think that SEC regular season title means means a little bit more than the tournament title, which is just who's hot at the end, pretty much. But you know, I, I don't know, guys. You know, what are your thoughts on where this season ranks? I know, I mean, we didn't we, we didn't expect it in 2019, but you know, now that season ranks atop every Auburn fan's list of favorite seasons in Auburn basketball history. Um, you know, was this was this season just a, uh, a waste for you guys? Do you think? Oh, I mean, if I'm, I'm ready to take this one. I've been waiting for this question all night. <laughs> so, I mean, short short answer is absolutely not. And 
the the difference between what Auburn is becoming versus what they'll what has happened in the past, what happens with some other teams, is going to be continued momentum. If you have a season like this, and we'll just let's just pretend we're in Tony Barbie years. Oh God! Yeah, I know. I I I had to put us in a real bad place. But he blocked imagine, you on Twitter, didn't he? <laughs> no, no, I, no. He loves me. Big fan. We're a big fan of each other. Okay. <clears throat> so, but just pretend that this was Tony Barbie year, and we've had those just you know doo doo seasons, and then all of a sudden we go twenty eight and six. And the next year, we just go right back to where we were. Kind of what uh, South Carolina did. Uh, what years that they had a was a Final Four run? Anybody remember that off the top of their head? It was, mm, it's been, it's been yeah. within the last 10. It's Keep been going, within, I'll find it. Yeah, it's been within the last 10 years. Bring that up when you can find it. So the point there is that if it's just a flash in the pan, then yeah, it would have been definitely, it, it would have definitely been a disappointing season. I mean, you you had a you had a regular season championship. You had a lot of fun. You had a hot streak. I said you had 28 wins. But here's the thing with Auburn. They've been building this upward momentum. They would have had a killer team in the tournament if they hadn't canceled the tur- if they hadn't canceled it for COVID. Obviously, they had what happened last year with the having to take the postseason ban. And I'm a I'm a I'm a truther on that. If Sharif had been practicing and hadn't missed any games, Powell had stayed in and been doing his thing, and that team had a postseason to play for. I believe they would have made the tournament. I don't know. I don't think they would have made a huge. I don't think that would have been a team. He'd been like, "Ooh, that's a Final Four team," and that definitely would have been a tournament team. Had all the dominoes been right, but it wasn't. And then you kind of come stumbling into this year. So what folks thought was, well, maybe that twenty nineteen deal, maybe the twenty nineteen season was the outlier. We never really everyone kind of forgot. Everybody forgot how good that a twenty. 19-2020 team was, which is 25-6, and six, and that was with no postseason. So, what are the, the rumors of, is Bruce going to leave? What's the NCAA going to do? Well, NCAA stuff, gone. Bruce Pearl pretty much signed the dotted line for a lifetime contract. You get 28 wins, and the other thing that has been madly consistent with this program is this has been a just an assembly line for guys to the NBA. Hmm. So you've got, and that, that's been going on for years now, consistently getting draft picks in the NBA, guys who are making impacts on team, which is obviously showing that whatever Bruce Pearl is evaluating and coaching, it's translating to the next level. And as we saw it with Alabama, we've seen it with the Ohio States, we've seen it with all of the other elite college football programs. When you pump guys into the NFL, you get more guys to come to your college. Well, exact same thing, but in basketball. Well, we're going to have one guy for sure going. Kessler's got all the tangibles to go. And there's some guys that are chilling on this team who might definitely get their shot when it's time to get there. And that's not including the new guys that could be either transferring into Auburn or signing from high school. So that momentum, that's good. Like People see that, people being the future players and recruits or transfers. And you have another banner to hang up there from regular season banner. And as we kind of mentioned with the preseason stuff, the team overachieved. It was yeah. this team was not supposed to be anywhere near the top in the SEC. They were supposed to be a middle of the pack team at best. 
And <clears throat> they were a two seed in the tournament. They had their first number one ranking. They were some trip ups, but there's still a lot of pieces on this team, plus the pieces that are coming in that can really build it up. And that's the difference between this season is are you is it rebuilding or is it reloading? And I think no one can argue at this point that Bruce Pearl doesn't have a reload type situation. Yeah. Look what Kentucky happened. They didn't get any banners this season. They tripped up in the first round. They tripped in the SEC tournament. Zero banners. Nothing. Bumps. I think the only two SEC teams this season that can come out and say that their seasons were successful and have something tangible like a banner is Auburn and Tennessee. Right. But here's the thing about it is those teams, yeah, they had a disappointing season at the end. But they'll bounce back and reload and get it for next year. And that's the difference between teams that are going to be basketball schools and teams of destiny. And I think people are people don't want the whole team of destiny things. As fun as those years are and as like magical as that feeling is, you've got to it's gotta be a reload type system. It can't be there can't be any more rebuilding and not for a long time. And I think especially with the transfer portal, and look at what Bruce did with all these transfer guys. There's a lot. It's tough to say now because I think there's definitely some licking wounds. There's still a lot of look back. There's still a lot of kind of teeth grind, but there's a lot to look forward to. And yeah, the season didn't go. You didn't get everything you wanted and you probably left some things on the table, but a lot of teams did. This was a really weird March. It was a weird SEC tournament. They got the, they got the pieces moving forward and that is all momentum. That is all stuff they can use in recruiting and building the culture and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And just, from a recruiting standpoint, look how bought in these fans were. That might be one of the biggest takeaways from the season from a longevity standpoint is all those games they were selling out, what the tickets were, just how right. lit that home environment was. Look what the fans were doing on social media. Like That stuff got noticed. Auburn basketball culture is becoming a thing, and this team has helped bubbling that up. And if that can stick around... like. That will just continue funneling and throwing fuel on what hopefully is going to be a dynasty in the making. Yeah, you know, I so it's hard to call. Given everything you just said, it's hard to call that a waste. But I want to, I want to um, highlight something you said, and then bring this back to Brandy. Right, um, first round draft picks. This will be uh, Jabari Smith will be Auburn's fifth. First round draft pick since 2019. That's five first rounders in four years. Now, I asked Bruce Pearl, we did an interview with him, and we talked about the challenge of losing your best player every year to the NBA draft. Um, Brandy, again, kind of looking at it from a betting standpoint and a future standpoint, now you're Bruce Pearl and you're putting another guy top five in the NBA draft, right? Isaac, Isaac Okoro went five overall. Sharif Cooper, um, you know, uh, went, you know, and I, I misspoke. Um, Sharif Cooper was actually his second round. He was a second round pick. But either way, you're losing your best player to the draft. Um, how much does the expectation that you're going to lose your best player and then bring in the next best player factor into the odds of where they Vegas expects your team to do. Yeah. I think for where they expect the team to go next year, it's 
probably similar to Kentucky at this point, not on that same level where there's so much bias towards them like there has been historically, but that's what Kentucky does every year. That's what Duke does every year. That's what UNC does. That's what Kansas does. These programs all lose essentially their best players to the draft every year. And then they, like Meme said, reload. And that's what we're seeing Bruce starting. That's what he's starting to build. It takes a lot longer to build a basketball program than it does to build a football program because you do lose guys a lot quicker to the draft. And now that Bruce has his feet under him, he has a couple guys that have gone to the NBA. Isaac Okoro and Chuma Okiki just played against each other mm-hmm. last night. Um, they aren't starters, but they are getting a lot of minutes um, with the Cavs and, and Magic, respectively. That's what recruits are seeing, and that comes into play when it comes to reloading. Now, as it come, as it pertains to Jabari Smith, I will say Vegas does have odds out already for who do you think will go number one overall? And Jabari is favored over Chet, mm. over Paulo, and over Jaden Ivey. So it's pretty close in terms of odds between Jabari and Chet. So Jabari's odds right now are plus 115, and then Chet's odds are plus 165. And then you go down to Paulo, who's plus 280. And really everybody else after them has an insane amount of odds and likely aren't going to go. So Jabari will likely go top three. Mm. Um and right now, he's he's projected to go first overall. That really now depends on who does get the first overall draft pick more than anything else. Um, but I personally, I've made a bet on Jabari to go number one overall because I do think that he has more upside than Chet. And I think that he has... I think that the teams are going to like him more than Paulo. So, But I, I don't think that you can say that a year or a team has been disappointing at all when you have the potential to have a number one overall draft pick and most likely a top three draft pick. So, so let me ask you this then: How much, how how many more years in a row does Auburn have to do this to get the respect in terms of the odds that you know you're talking about? You know, is it two more years of winning the SEC? Is it two more first round draft picks? Like, what does it take to get the respect that Kentucky is getting and Alabama is getting? And 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 and, and yeah. I, I I it breaks my I, I literally I shudder on the inside to say that Alabama is getting respect because they really have accomplished not much in terms of basketball over the last few years. So I don't even yeah. know why they're getting the benefit of the doubt. But the like, only reason that Alabama is getting respect is because of what their football program has done. Ooh. And and like uh, honestly, like that's why that that's why they're getting respect from Vegas Preach. because <laughs> the public, people who are betting on this, are seeing the name Alabama. Most people follow football more than any other sport, and they're going to say, "Oh, Alabama is probably good in this other sport too," because. They're a dynasty in football when that's not just not true right now. Oh, it's the brand. So Alabama has built a marketing machine that buys their sports teams the benefit of the doubt. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. And personally, as a better, I'm I'm fine with that because I can get Auburn odds at a discount because (laughs) somebody like me who keeps up with with Auburn knows like, hey, this this team is really good. So I actually did place a bet on Auburn to win the SEC regular season. And I made a recommendation to others to place that bet and potentially also place a bet on either Tennessee or Arkansas as well because I saw potential in them. Mm. I never once said, hey, I'm going to go place a bet on Kentucky. I, I never thought that they would win the SEC. And, wow. and they didn't. They didn't even finish second. And so... So, so you hedged a little bit, but between, you know, from other teams that weren't necessarily favored to win it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's just part of betting. You want to guarantee profit in, in some regard. And the fact that I was essentially able to say, Hey, you know, Auburn, Tennessee, and Arkansas, and then look who, who finished the best in the SEC, basically those three teams. But just bringing it back to what you said about what's it going to take or how long is it going to take for Auburn to get that respect from Vegas? I would say probably a pretty long time. Um, Vegas doesn't respect people like Bruce Pearl either. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that. Like they just wow. don't. Um, I mean, same with Will Wade. Like th- there's, they're not the same people. I'll say that. But Bruce Pearl does unfortunately like have the history that he has. And they just don't necessarily respect those types of things whenever there is like the cloud of NCAA. The good news is that's behind Auburn. So I think that Vegas will start respecting Auburn a little bit more now that that's behind them. Um, You'll see Vegas basically disrespect like a a program like Louisville, who they have respected in the past because of their NCAA cloud now. Mm. But I think probably five years is what I would say um, to continue. Basically, if, if Bruce continues what he's doing and what he has done for the past, I would say, what, four years or so that he's really had strong seasons, then I would say probably four to five more years to really get the same same or similar respect that a program like Kentucky gets. Mm. I think Alabama is a little bit of an outlier just because of other sporting programs that aren't basketball. Memes? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, jumping on to the disrespect of Bruce and the betting combo, probably remember this, before the contract was signed with Bruce there, every time there was a coach, like a big coaching excuse me, a big coaching opening for basketball, Bruce's name was always on some odds list. It was like, everybody was like, he's got no loyalty. He's got no loyalty to Auburn. He'll jump ship the second someone writes him a check. And I think most people are pretty tuned into Auburn. were like, I don't think that's quite it. But from the outside looking in, I mean, that was just, that was just an easy false narrative to fall for until the dotted line got signed this past was it? Uh, did we get that done in? Fe- was it early February? We got that done. Yeah, mid season. I mean, yeah. I had people in the betting group that I'm in that were Louisville fans that literally were like, "Yeah, he's going to be our next coach." And I was like, "You guys have no idea." Delusional. He is bought into this program, and he is bought into Auburn. His family is bought into us. He's not leaving. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and he built but it. the media on their side was pumping like, "He's coming. We we want him, and he wants us, and he's coming." And I had people convinced that he was going to come. And well, that I'm means like, his agent no did his idea. job. His agent did a great job then if Absolutely. that was the narrative on their end. Now, we had the pleasure of interviewing Bruce Pearl in the middle of all that. And we asked him about the New Bloods versus Blue Bloods thing. And he looked us dead in the eye through the camera and said, as long as I'm in charge, Auburn will never be a Blue Blood. He's not interested in it. He doesn't care about it. You know, he just, it's, it's a, it's a meaningless platitude to him. Well, why that is, let me, let me interject there. Why he doesn't want to be a blue blood is anytime Bruce Pearl's on the court, a blue blood loses. Hey, so, hey that's fire. If Auburn, if Auburn is a blue blood, then, you know, just connect the dots there. So I mean, that makes sense. I understand Bruce's uh, hard stance on that. Well, guys, listen. Okay. So, uh, you know, Coming full circle here, and we're getting ready to wrap this this discussion up. Uh, I think we established that you know for this season to have been a waste, there would have had to have been high expectations from the beginning, and that was something like the. I just want to highlight that this team did such an excellent job 
raising the bar of expectation that people forgot that they were picked to finish fifth in the SEC. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you even saw obviously everything that happened on Twitter with the memes and everything, but you, yes. we know what Katie Johnson was doing in that first Alabama game when they were playing at <laughs> Tuscaloosa right. and he looked straight into the camera after a shot. Like this team was fully bought into what the fan base was doing this season on social media as well, which was really exciting and fun. Um, I think Auburn fans got a little spoiled though. Once we rose to number one, our expectation of let's go win the SEC and like have a good have a good tournament run just shot all the way up to let's mm-hmm. go win a national championship. Which there's nothing wrong with that expectation, but having that expectation and then not reaching it and then coming back and saying that it was a disappointment would discredit every single thing that this team did throughout the whole season. I, yeah. I agree 100. percent Can't do that at all. Yeah, you can't throw you can't throw away everything they accomplished along the way just because it didn't end the way you wanted to. Um, you know, every other team that's out of the tournament, their season ended essentially the same way as ours did. I don't think, and this is, you know, I mean, unpopular opinion. I don't think making the Sweet 16 and losing there makes this any more of a success than losing in the round of 32. You lost. Right? Yeah, yeah, like if yeah, honestly, if you didn't get to the final four, there's not really any like awesome. You got to an elite eight or you got to a sweet 16. But really, what matters is a final four and a national championship when it comes to March. And if you don't get there, you don't get there. Right. Um, and, and how the season ended, like, yes, it was disappointing, but we've ne- we never saw a performance like that combined from Walker, Jabari all season. They just had an off night, and Miami knew how to take advantage of that. And that was just unfortunate for us. But you can't chalk our entire season up to that one game that just happened to be our last game, which was our worst one. Mm. You know, guys, teams stormed the court after beating Auburn this season, right? Yep. I mean, and, and, yeah, and I a team lonely, that went to the Elite Eight this year stormed the court after beating us. Lonely at the top. I, I did want to bring up one point about the disappointing or the the concept of overachieving. Excuse me, so disappointing there. And I think we, we've, we've kind of hit on the team, but just one thing that I think is worth noting that kind of connects what the dots are saying about Mike, talk about the season and kind of what Brandy was saying from the Vegas odds is the players themselves. I think if you kind of break down the personnel from all the guys that were brought in, I think you have a hard-pressed argument to say that every player overachieved from what they're expected to do. Now, I'm going to put an asterisk by Allen due to the injury. I mean, you can't really... You can't, yeah, so. really hold, you can't really hold that against him there. That was a total external thing that no one would have seen coming, so push that one aside. Everybody else, I would say, overachieved. I mean, Zepp was probably the most on-brand for what we thought Zepp was going to be. I mean, he was going to be a very tried-and-true core defender, very reliable with the ball, very, um, very uh, efficient shot taker, et cetera, et cetera. Wendell was better than people thought. KD was better than people thought. Walker was better. Just looking at what KD and Walker did with their previous schools. And then Jabari was coming in with a lot of hype. But I don't know if a year ago we would it, people would be confidently saying, like, oh, that's a number one. That's like fringe number one draft pick hype. So you take all those things to think about it. Like that, that's a big deal, especially from player basis. So I think that's that's kind of one thing to kind of culminate if you really look at it through magnifying glass. And one thing as far as the hype from the fans and the people trying to backtrack and call it a disappointment, which 
as one of the ringleaders from the online hype, you can't do that. We go all in, ride or die for Auburn. And there were a lot of people in the mentions trying to catch me, catch me in a weak moment, which good luck. That doesn't happen. You have no power here. Lord of the Rings meme. Everyone's like, oh, I bet you regret saying this. I bet you did it. I said, you know what? My only regret was not talking more shit, not posting more memes. That's yeah. what y'all are getting out of me. We're coming, we're, we're doubling down next year. Hey. The energy's not going anywhere. And that's what the people want. They want Auburn to go with their tail between their legs. And there's a few fans that had some weak moments and they, they, they let the defeat get to them. And it's all right, we're going to prop them back up. We're not holding it against anybody. But the fire's not out. The energy's not going anywhere. Like we're coming back next year hotter and better than we've ever been. Hey, I um, love it. That's Listen. that's where we're coming with it, Mike. That's yeah. where we're coming with Brady. We're ready to go. <laughs> I, I I love that energy. I mean, I think it was it was a hell of a ride this season uh, that we went on with uh, Auburn basketball. Uh, totally unexpected, which made it even sweeter. Um, but it, it's a testament to to what Bruce Pearl can do uh, as a coach. You know, he took a bunch of guys from the portal. Who was that? That was Zep. That was Wendell. That was KD. That was Walker Kessler. You know, and then he took a true freshman in Jabari Smith and, and you know, had Alan Flanagan not gotten hurt and had come in like the all SEC pick that he was preseason. You know, our prospects may have been a little different this season, but, you know, ultimately they were what they were. A really, really good defensive basketball team and a flawed offensive basketball team. So uh, I didn't end the way we wanted it to. But, you know, we uh, I think it's it's really hard like you know to, to, to memes point because of some of the peacocking people really wanted us to be disappointed in the season overall right I, I felt that i feel like people because of the peacocking on twitter wanted auburn fans to be more down about the season overall than we were now let me tell you something um and uh you know no 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 shade to my gonzaga friends but I think number one overall seed, all this hype, you know, Chet's the greatest thing ever. And then for their season, again, to end the way that it did, that's more, I wouldn't call their season a waste. But I think that's more of a disappointment than Auburn season. Yeah, my I mean, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, they were projected to basically be where they were at and lost in the... Sweet 16. I had them going out versus UConn, Brandy, in my bracket in the Sweet yeah, 16. Yeah, I did, I did too. You know, I you know went on Twitter spaces and said this pretty early on. Like, I didn't have them in any of my brackets getting to the Final Four. And, you know, you look at where we're at now in March. It's, it's the Final Four. And there's only one one seed left. And there's two two seeds left. So, all that to say, like, this was just a really crazy year of basketball. And there was a lot of parity. And I think, I think what Auburn did was incredible. Back to what Meme said about players kind of outperforming their expectations. I think the high notes for me were Walker Kessler getting two triple doubles, like mm. being a transfer, and he got that off of blocks. That is incredible. An incredible stat. And yeah, yeah the records and, he set too were monstrous as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, college game day came to Auburn and then, um, we beat Kentucky at home. Like there, there are tons of high notes to go as you look at the season. And 
I think that there are other schools that can sit back and say, wow, this was a disappointing season. Auburn is not one of those schools that can do that. Auburn can sit back and say, we exceeded expectations in all of these different categories. Well, it's high notes that you can build on moving forward with bringing guys in and building a culture. And it's the low notes are what you look at your guys that you brought in and say, hey, like we can get here. We ran across the starting line and tripped a little bit and didn't make it to the finish line. Do y'all want to rise to the occasion and raise the bar that wasn't as high as they would have wanted it? Are you guys going to rise to the occasion? So I think that almost brings a challenge. It almost says like, hey, like we know we're a tournament team. Like we're going to get to that tournament. Are you going to be the guys that are going to be remembered forever for taking it that much further? Yeah. And that's that's what I think is the key thing here is the building blocks that we've got, but then also I guess you could say the challenge and a little bit of the chip on the shoulder to say like, hey, like you guys are now going to be the the team that takes it to the next that takes us to the next step and that's a uh, that's that's really if, if you think big picture stuff like that's exciting stuff right there. Yeah, I think um, you know Brandy talked about uh, how much of your success from the pre- previous season weighs into how Vegas favors you the the following season. And with so many guys returning from this year's squad, I'll be interested to see where Vegas ends up putting Auburn in terms of odds to win the SEC again. But hey, listen. Was it disappointing how it ended? Certainly. Was it a waste? Not by any means. want to thank Auburn Memes and my girl, Brandy Mack. Go follow Auburn Memes on Twitter. That's Auburn Memes, all one word. And Brandy Mack. That's Brandy with three E's and a Mack at the end. Follow her on Twitter as well, too. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk to you guys about uh, Auburn football's prospects for the upcoming season. So, guys, we're signing off. As always, War Eagle. You are now now listening listening to to 